Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. DJ, DJ Envy, Angela Gee, and Sade Mayma God. Let me, let me read that part. God damn, girl. Y'all got some names on that one. What up, what up? You already know who it is. It's me, Webby the Tree FM, Young Savage, Sweet John Jr. Doing what I do when I do what I do and I'm doing it with my girl, DJ Envy, Angela Lee. Angela Yee. Damn. Hold on. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlotte McGay. <laughs> Man. Hold up. Oh, Charlemagne. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne. The guard. DJ DJ Lee, hello. DJ Envy, Angela Lee, and Charlemagne McGain. What up? What up? You already know who it is. It's me, Webby the Trio Fam, Young Savage, Sweet Jones, and you rocking with DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlotte your mate, Charlotte your mate. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the cast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pops Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Papa Minnow, bringing you the best in pop culture and entertainment. You can find me on Instagram at Popstyleculture or on Twitter at Papa Omino. Once again, I'm not joining my trusty co-host. I did just want to get this episode out here, so it will be a solo dolo one, a real quick one as well, too. But I won't be here because I'm traveling next week. Well, I'm traveling this week, and then I'll be gone for nine days. And then following that, when I come back, I also have like a work event, so I won't be able to record then. But following those two podcasts or those two weeks, Gabe and I will be back in the cast to deliver you guys your regular scheduled programming. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but if you guys could do us a huge favor, as always, continue to like, rate, review, subscribe on all major streaming platforms. That's iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Reasons FM, and now iHeartRadio. Let's start off with uh, this week. This week's been pretty good for myself. Like I said, I'm going to be traveling at the end of the week, so I'm pretty excited about that. One thing that I realized about traveling, though, is that especially if you're doing it alone, if you happen to see a pretty decent price on a flight ticket, I'm telling you right now, you should always book that ticket. Don't wait for prices to possibly change. 
If you see a good enough price, definitely buy it before it happens to go up because I still have to buy my return flight from coming back from Dallas. And I saw a price that was decent. Like it was still on the higher end because Google now has this tracker at the bottom where it shows you what price range your ticket usually falls in. And mine was in the middle. Like it was a, it was in the yellow part. So it was still a decently good ticket price, but it was definitely skewering on the lower end. But I thought it would go lower than that. So I was waiting for a better deal. And then I looked a couple days ago and it actually skyrocketed like $100 more. So now it's on the higher end of the yellow. And I'm pretty upset about that because I should have just bought it when I saw it at the price that it was at. But it is what it is. I, I can still wait on it because it's a return flight. So it's not like I have to get it directly now. But if I don't happen to see it go down anytime soon, I'll probably just buy it at the high price that it's at. But... It's an annoyance to have for sure because I'm definitely spending more money than I could have if I just bought the ticket when I should have bought it. But yeah, that's uh, that's an annoyance. But other than that, I'm excited to go on the trip. It's a birthday trip, a little birthday getaway. I turned 30. I don't know how I feel about 30 yet. I feel like 30 is going to be a good year though just because – or like a good decade just because – when you turn 30, you're older and you're in a better space than you are normally at 20. Like at 20, you're still trying to figure out life, still trying to figure out what you want to do. You don't have as much money usually. I mean, most people don't have as much money as they probably would when they're older. Uh, at least for myself, I know I don't have like when I was 20, I definitely didn't have as much money as I have now. So to be able to have more free, not free time, but more luxury and um, the ability to do what I want with my money and spend it. I feel like 30 is going to be better. And I feel like I'm, I've done a lot of things to where I'm more mature and kind of understand not only myself, but other people better as well, too. I feel more confident than I've ever been. Like, I'm not as fearful of a lot of things as I was when you're like 20. Because when you're 20, I feel like you care a lot about what other people think about you. And what they say and the older you get i feel that that starts to diminish uh especially with the pandemic because that definitely showed people in a different light and it made people like slow down and kind of be more centered on themselves and the people around them and we were less vain because of it as well too because we weren't all obsessed with this like celebrity culture 24 7 and you really saw what people look like and how a lot of people are putting on masks to perform for the world online so once we kind of got i mean it's kind of back to where it was pre-pandemic now but i feel like just seeing that exposition of it has changed a lot of people's thinking so it's not as detrimental as it has been in the past but i'm excited for 30 i mean you want to get older you want to grow old for sure i know me personally i definitely want to be on this planet for at least 90 years, if not more. I'm hoping for more, but at least 90 for sure. So that's the goal. And yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I think it's going to be a fun trip, even though it's solo and I don't really know that many people out there. I think I'll try and meet some new people out in the States because what I I don't have anything to lose. Like they're never going to see me again unless I make like some really good friends, but they're not, they're likely not to see me again. Like if I poach random strangers or whatever and it should just be like a fun time, a fun time to experiment and see what's see what's out there. So it, it should be fun. Uh, I'm just hoping that the weather isn't too crazy because I've heard that it's pretty, pretty humid out there, especially in comparison to Toronto, which is already humid, but 
that Texas heat is probably a whole nother level, but I'm excited to eat the food out there. That's going to be a good time. Excited to see people out there. Excited to see women out there. Excited to go out to some of the clubs, see, see what they have to offer. Um, comedian Matt Henry actually told me I should probably go to a gun range. So I'm, I'm probably going to do that as well too. check it out. And yeah, just uh, enjoy, enjoy my time out there. I'm definitely going to be at the little baby and Chris Brown concert too. I, I think I mentioned that on previous episodes but yeah i'll be out there but yeah so that's pretty much it for my week i'm just waiting on that and once this week's uh i got one more day and then uh i'm on vacation so i'm I'm getting getting pretty antsy to the point where my sleeps are not the greatest because of how excited i am for this trip but yeah should be a good time but let's move on to the news and what happened in this news cycle this week uh one of the biggest things that happened actually and dropped yesterday last night was the announcement of the Breakfast Club no longer being the same. So from Angela Yee's Twitter, she went online and posted, the Breakfast Club, as you know it, is officially over. To which everyone started to speculate and think that this meant the Breakfast Club as a whole is going to be disbanded. Like they're not going to continue the show anymore. They're not going to do the radio show it's not going to be it's not it's just not going to be on people just figured it was going to be shut down and they were kind of all moving on to different things um and for those of you know don't know the breakfast club is a major radio show in new york i think it's power 105 if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong on the numbers but i'm pretty sure it's power 105 um and it features charlemagne the god angela yee and (laughs) And uh, DJ Envy. And if you if you're listening to this episode, I'm putting that uh, I'm putting the Webby clip in front. So if you happen to hear Webby struggling to say their names, which is probably one of the funniest moments in Breakfast Club history, just the fact that Webby could not pronounce Charlemagne's name, and he kept getting Angela Yee's name wrong as well too. That clip forever kills me. Like that's that's a goaded clip in in radio history across whatever genre or networks like that has to be one of the funniest clips i've ever seen in my life um but yeah so she took to twitter she announced that the breakfast club as we know it is officially over uh and after we found out actually uh what really happened is that angela yee i believe is going to be the only one to leave the show so she's not going to be on it and charlemagne and dj Amber are probably going to remain which isn't really that surprising considering I think they have a passion for radio um, much more than Angela Yee does. And I think that they probably, I would assume that they get paid more than Angela Yee uh, just for the sake that, well, for Charlemagne, he's definitely one of the biggest draws for, for the breakfast club. A lot of people tune in for his antics and who he is as a radio personality. And he's definitely evolved from when he was younger like a lot of the earlier clips that he was doing, a lot of the earlier shit he was doing was way out of pocket by today's standards. Like PC culture would not be able to handle any of that today. Like I remember there was a clip where he was sniffing JLo's seat after she left, <laughs> which is nuts. It's absolutely crazy. I understand why he did it. Like I can see why he would choose to do that, but to have it recorded and to do it in front of millions of people that's a whole nother level. Like that's just insane. But that was, you know, the type of shock radio that we were used to back in the day. So it's not super surprising because a lot of there were like, there was a lot of shock DJs back in the day. 
what's his name? Dude, um, who has his own show. Oh my God. It was just on the tip of my tongue too. Howard Stern. Howard Stern used to have some of the craziest radio shows too. So there's a lot of shock DJs back in the day. They've definitely tamed somewhat nowadays. I think more, you'll find more of that on podcasts now, more so than actual radio, uh, because of how the culture has moved away from that. But yes, Charlemagne's a huge draw. So I, I can see why he would probably stick around. He still loves, doing radio as well too so that's definitely a passion of his dj Embry, same boat he probably gets paid well enough he's got a family as well too so having a continual stream of income is probably very beneficial beneficial for him and his family so i could see why he would stick around um and yeah angelie's deciding to move on i don't know what she's moving on to but i know she has tons of endeavors outside of radio she has her own podcast that she does she does um not a clothing line, but I'm pretty sure she has like a juice bar or something, or she does some kind of health thing as well too on the side. So she'll probably venture out into one of her other passions. Um, I'm not sure why the reason for her leaving, it could be contractual. We don't know. Could just be personal. She just wants to change. Personally, I've never really found her to be an integral part of the breakfast club. Like she's definitely good at what she does in terms of uh, asking the questions and making sure the guests and the, uh, the co-hosts as well to stay on track. Like there's a lot of times where they'll get sidetracked and Angela Yee's the one to keep them on track, you know, hit, hit the guest with a proper question next and follow up. So she definitely does her well role. Uh, sorry. She, she definitely does her role well. And she kind of has like this um, co-producer role to her position as well too. But she definitely also is replaceable. I could see them putting on someone else who could probably fit right in and do a similar job, if not bring a little bit more entertainment value as well, too. So we'll see what happens. But shout out to them. They've been on air for years now. I think they're I think they really started in 2008. So they've been on radio for 14 years. And they were very prolific as well, too. Like they become syndicated across the nation. So they got shown in a bunch of different areas nationally in the US. They even run uh, Toronto radio as well, too, for a bit. I'm not sure if they still are, but I remember Flow 93.5 over the past two or three years, they actually put them on at a certain time period. So you'd be able to get the Breakfast Club here in Toronto, which is unheard of because we usually don't have. We usually stick to our radio stations. We don't have American stations coming in. So that was a huge change um, and a big a big move. But they've been great. Hopefully the show finds a suitable replacement and they continue to go on. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not all doom and gloom for them. It was just funny the way that she announced it because Angela Yee could have just literally been like, oh, I've. I'm moving on from the breakfast club. I really enjoyed my time there. It's been a great experience, but it's time for me to move on to new endeavors. But the way she made it seem was like, she made it seem way more influential in that, like the entire show was going to be shut down and we'd no longer be listening to the breakfast club whatsoever. Uh, But that ended up sparking a lot of flowers being shown. Like, Everyone started taking to, to Twitter and posting their favorite clips of the Breakfast Club. Some of the funniest moments. Like I said, I put that Webby one at the front of this podcast. Um, I also saw it and retweeted it. It's, a, it's hilarious. There was also that Ray J incident, which was super joked. Um, it was a beef between Ray J and Fab. 
and, and not really even a beef. Fabulous had just tweeted something and Ray J caught wind of it. And it was just like Fab laughing at the fact that uh, Ray J was on a show and the way that the camera cut to him and it was him singing. He got in so in his feelings about it when he read it that he took to the Breakfast Club to call in and start talking shit about Fab. Um, and I think at that point, Ray J allegedly was doing drugs. So that kind of factored into the whole thing becoming a huge scene because he was snapping on radio for no reason for something that was so minuscule, but it turned into a huge cultural moment. That was hilarious. Obviously the Birdman clip, one of the most iconic clips ever Birdman comes on the show. He's upset at Charlemagne for asking the question on him, not being not doing right by his artists. And he gets so upset that the interview that he does, that he does is like, five seconds like literally he came in for like 10 seconds Charlemagne asked him the question he got pissed are you finished are you done and he got so mad that he wanted to fight Charlemagne but obviously he couldn't because he's a radio dude and Charlemagne was saying that he's like I'm the radio dude I'm just asking the questions like I don't know why you're getting upset with me when there's tons of artists out there who are upset with the way you've been handling your business but yeah Birdman was not in the mood for that and then he ended up going off and you know we got one of the most iconic clips so Shout out to the Breakfast Club. It's good to hear that they'll still be on and it's just going to be a change in one of the co-hosts, but we'll see what happens from then on. The other big news was Pete Davidson broke up with Kim Kardashian. And this is like news that we don't really care about, but because it's Pete Davidson and Kim K and, and Kanye West, it's newsworthy. So we kind of have to touch on it or talk about it. And I think the well, so the rumor here or the report here is that they were dating for nine months and Pete wanted to be more serious. So he proposed to Kim and she felt that he was moving way too fast for that to be happening to get married after nine months. And people apparently close to the situation were also telling him that if you move like this, you're only going to end up pushing her away. But he was so head over heels in love that he just didn't want to listen to that advice whatsoever. And yeah, he decided to, he decided to pop the question and I guess, Oh, well I get not, I guess, but obviously she said no. And that obviously uh, turned her off, I guess, because again, it was too fast, too much to for her. Like she's already got four kids. Like I don't think she was really looking for a, a marriage proposal at this point. She was probably still in that phase of, you know, she just wants to have fun, live her life a little bit, and then figure it out a little bit later on because she's already done the marriage thing multiple times. So to just pop the question that quickly, and maybe I can kind of see why you think you could get that off as Pete Davidson. You've seen her in the past with her past relationships. She dated, um, oh my God, dude, buddy from uh, buddy from the Nets, who also played for the Raptors a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you know the dude, the dude who she broke up with after 30 days. Um, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name right now, but the basketball player, we all know who I'm talking about. But yeah, broke up with him after 30 days. You could probably kind of see how you can, might be able to get off a quick engagement after nine months, especially if you think things are going well. But yeah, he was just too head over heels and that ended up costing him. Like You kind of got to keep it, as much as you are in love with, like you can fall in love with the woman, you do still have to keep it somewhat contained. Like you can't be, you can't just love a woman. There's still things you have to do um, to keep that attraction going and to keep it, you know, fresh and and in the right spot. 
So for him and for her position, I think he should just like wait it a little bit more, but it is what it is. That's what he wanted to do. He chose to do it. And yeah, they're, they're officially broken up. And then Kanye made his return to Instagram for that quick second, right after he heard the news and then posted up a New York time, a New York times rendition of the news saying that Skeet Davidson is dead at 28 years, 28 years of age, which wasn't even the funniest part. The funniest part came from the subtitle, which reads <laughs> Kid Cudi was supposed to perform, but was fearful of water bottle throwers because famously known a couple weeks ago when Kid Cudi replaced Kanye for Rolling Loud. Fans were not pleased whatsoever. They decided to throw water bottles at Kid Cudi, get him off stage. He even egged them on to do it because he did say, he's like, oh, someone, if one more person throws a water bottle at me, I'm heading off the stage. And that's just excuse code word for, yo, throw this water bottle so I don't have to do this performance anymore. And you could probably feel that the crowd wasn't really into him, so he probably didn't want to perform. As long as he got out there and tried to do what he had to do, he got paid for it and, you know, if it's a security issue, which it was because they were throwing stuff at him, he has, it's probably in his contract that he has every right to just hop off the stage. So they had to still pay him for that, and he made his money. But it was funny that Kanye even put that subtitle under the lining. Even though they're beefing, I don't really like the fact that they're beefing because they have made good music, and they've even made a great album together. So I don't like the fact that they're beefing, but it was a funny jab at, uh, at Kid Cudi. I don't think the Skeet Davidson dad thing is kind of is a good one. I feel that that's just bad vibes. But, you know, Kanye's going to do what Kanye's going to do. And then it was also reported that Pete's been in rehab because of the fact that Kanye had been making fun of him or from, from, from some of the online backlash. And to me, that's pretty weak. Just because of the fact that when Kanye was going through some of his issues, like when Pete first started dating Kim, and you could see Kanye was visibly upset. And, you know, he deals with this mental health stuff. Pete didn't take, like, he didn't stop to, you know, consider his mental health at that point. He was full on, like, taunting Kanye, saying that he was with his wife and, like, he's sleeping in his bed. Then he was also hanging out with his kids and, like, showing pictures of him hanging out with his kids and all that. So he was egging on Kanye West very early on in that relationship. And he wasn't stopping. And the fact that there's people like whining or he is possibly whining about this situation now that he's in rehab, it's like you would, you didn't like, I've seen the, I've seen the media spin it to where they're saying, Oh, well, Kanye, he deals with mental health, but he's not considering Pete's. Well, it was more so Pete in the beginning, of the stages that wasn't considering Kanye's and there wasn't any articles trying to defend Kanye at that point. So same thing goes here. I think all is fair in, fair in love and war and i think all is fair in this game as well too because he was dishing it out so he's got to take it now so it's sad to see that he's in rehab but i mean that's a place where you're gonna get help like he's even been one to say that he's gone to rehab beforehand and that's where he's gotten help and this is definitely gonna help him get through the breakup and put him in a better light or better position hopefully so um if he's got to do that then that's just what he's got to do Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, the next topic we're going to move on to is Drake and the OVO Fest. Like I said last week, I told you guys that Drake was not, he was not COVID positive. It was very apparent to me that this guy was definitely having the time of his life, Carabana weekend, the first one back after three years of a hiatus. Tons of people in the city, tons of women. He's got more money than he's ever had before. It's his city as well, too. So you know he's just going to live it up after being pent up kind of for the past few years. And this is the first time in the city that we're able to really turn up. So I'm not surprised that. His COVID test that came a couple days after ended up saying that he was negative and that he'd moved the OVO Fest to August 6th. And I think that that's, um, I think that that date was a little bit detrimental to probably what he had planned because normally at OVO Fest, Drake comes out with a bunch of surprise guests that aren't on the lineup. And that's, what really pushes the show to the next level. I remember the first OVO Fest that I went to, I did not expect there to be as many guests or of that high profile at that show. Like the first one had Eminem, um, Fabulous, Rick Ross, Young Jeezy, Jay-Z, and oh, I'm missing someone who is pretty big. And some other big name, uh, alongside Drake and most of those acts that were listed like Jeezy, Fab, JM, I did not know that they were going to be there. Like I had no clue. I thought it was just going to be, I thought it was just going to be Drake and maybe like a couple local people. Um, I think maybe, I think maybe Rick Ross was on like the undercard or something like that. I can't remember the, what the ticket looked like, but it was supposed to be just Drake, or at least that's what I was also really expecting. And the fact that he was able at that time as well, too, when Toronto wasn't as popping 
and it was even harder to get over the border. I was super shocked that he was able to get some of the, like all the guys that he ended up getting like Jeezy. I'd never heard of being in Toronto performing uh, Rick Ross, Jay, like I never heard of Jay being in Toronto to perform M like it was insane. The fact that he was able to get those guests. And then the one that I went to in 2017, he had Cardi B, Tory Lanes, and that was like right after their beef as well too. Um, I can't remember if Nav was there. Maybe it was Nav. I can't remember. I think he was though. Uh, Nav was there, and then they they had a bunch of other guests too. So it's really like the surprise guests that kind of boost the show as well too. On top of the fact that Drake's there. Oh, I think um the Migos were there as well too. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure I remember them being there. But it's those guys that boost it. And this year seemed like the most boring OVO ever, especially, again, for the prices that happen to be there. I didn't see anyone post. Well, okay, I saw a couple of people post a video, but it was very seldom and rare to see people posting any type of hype videos. And normally people go to their Instagram and post that shit in droves. But there was also a lot of other festivals going on, so I can kind of see why people would skip. This I could kind of see why people would skip um, OVO Fest if they're able to get more affordable tickets to something else that they happen to like. But, but yeah, this looked like a boring one. And especially since like, I know it was a young money reunion, but I guess that some of the guests that probably would have came because I thought smiley would probably be there because he's on OVO, but I guess because of the timing, it didn't happen to work out. I guess Tory Lane would probably be back, but that timing probably didn't work out either because he was here during uh, Carabana weekend, but then obviously since Drake pushed it, I'm assuming that everyone who was probably pan- planned for that Carabana weekend for a guest, once they left the country, it was just like, oh, it's a wrap. Like we're not going to be able to make this. So it was just Nikki, it was just Lil Wayne, and then Manny Fresh and Birdman. I, I think the big timers they performed, or at least that's all I saw. And the sound quality didn't look good. The height level didn't look good. The crowds didn't even look like they were super into it either. So that OVO Fest looked like a flop. Y'all got ripped the hell off for those tickets. Definitely scammed. Um, And yeah, that seems to be a big theme in Toronto these days because a lot of other festivals definitely failed to deliver. There was Culture culture Fest that failed to deliver. Like Janae Eichel wasn't able to perform. Um, Jerk Fest seemed like it was... A big scam as well, too. And the Culture Fest dude, the guy who organized it, he was the one who even came out and said, he's not refunding nothing, you know. This seemed, this shit seemed like Fire Fest all over again, except just on a musical scale. And I think part of it as well, too, is like I said, the hype culture in Toronto is just like so out of control. People are going to pay crazy money to do stuff. And I guess because people have been cooped up as well, too, they just want to wild out. Like, I think it was Culture Fest, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was Jerk Fest, I can't remember. The one where Popkin uh, was performing. And the VIP section, they ransacked that. Like once that fence went down, General Mission just ran straight up into VIP. And there was no longer a VIP. It was just a complete mess of just like General Admission mixed with VIP. And as someone who paid VIP tickets, you're probably pissed at the fact that General Mission people were able to get in there. But yeah, a lot of festivals went to shit this year. The sound quality wasn't good either for a lot of festivals. And I'm just warning y'all, especially when it comes to Toronto, you want to do the thing that is most fun or that you think are the most fun at, not the thing that you think is going to get you the most likes and looks on Instagram. So 
Start start trying to choose uh better better events to go to, I guess. And then uh the last thing I want to say on Drake is that um his dad got his tattoo on him. And the photo that he chose, I don't know why, like th- like I don't know how you as someone who has a son as famous as Drake, so you have tons of connections. You know your son has tons of connections. You could have found the greatest tattoo artist in Toronto or even in the States and gotten a way better tattoo done than the one that you got. Like he got the Dominican looking Drake, like that era of Drake, but it didn't even look like him. Like it was so lopsided. Like the head was so out of place. It just looked like such an amateur job. He could have got a way better tattoo. I don't know why he got that and then decided to flex it on the gram. But you know, the gram's got to do it for the gram, I guess. But uh, <laughs> it was such a bad tat. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what was going through his mind. Like, Drake even had to come out and comment on it. But part of me even feels like this is, like, just part of their brand. Like, Drake's gotten some pretty bad tattoos himself, too. So maybe just, like, runs in the family to get bad tattoos. Or they just do a part of the brand or something like that. Just as something to talk about. But it's a something that's permanent. So I don't think he would... And and he's older. I don't think he would do it for a brand thing. I really just think he just found a bad tattoo artist. And he needs to get that touched up or fixed or something. Because it looks absolutely atrocious. But let's move on to the next topic. I want to talk about the Raptors a little bit. So it's been recently reported that the Raptors are probably the heaviest favorites for picking up Kevin Durant in this Kevin Durant fiasco. Um, the owner also came out and spoke on Kevin Durant's previous comments in which KD and I'm paraphrasing here. KD had said that Bobby Marks, the GM and Steve Nash either have to go or he has to go. Um, and the owner had said he was pretty much sticking with the team that he's got. So he's not looking to get rid of those guys, but in this sweepstakes, it seems like the Raptors are the front favorites. And one of the trades that's been hypothetically proposed, according to Bobby Marks, would be the Raptors receive Kevin Durant, and the Nets, in return, would get OG Ananubi, Gary Trent Jr., Thaddeus Young, and four first-round picks, which is way too much of an insane deal. I don't mind the players that are involved, but the four picks are just astronomically absurd to give up for an aging Kevin Durant who's only going to get older and likely worse, especially coming off of a major injury like the Achilles. I know he's been better and he hasn't like re-aggravated it, but he's definitely taking some time off. Like He's not playing full seasons as he did in years past. And he's more likely to, you know, be injury prone and take some time off and, uh, you know, take the time to, to stay healthy. So the fact that he's only going to get older and that's only going to get worse I don't see us leveraging our future, like giving up away that much of our future just for KD. Now, if we give up OG Ananobi, sorry, if we give OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr., Thad Young, and like two first round picks, I think that's a better proposition and way more realistic. I really think that the fact that Gobert was able to demand so much from that Utah trade, that really just threw things for a loop in terms of this off season. And now all other GMs are trying to kind of like 
if they're giving up players, they want to get that same lucrative return, if not as much, maybe even more, because of the fact that there's way better players out there than Gobert, and they feel that they can. And this is definitely one of those situations. Kevin Durant is a generational player, so them commanding four first-round picks plus three players, I can see why Bobby Marks probably wants to go for this, but there's no way in hell that we're going to do this trade. If we do the two first-round picks, I'll be fine with that, to be honest. Like, I'm cool with that. As long as we keep our core of Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, um, Scotty Barnes, and... Yeah, those three. (laughs) As long as we keep those three, uh, I'm cool with with trading anyone else on the team in order to get a Kevin Durant because those are the guys that are going to make the biggest difference, and those are the guys that we need to keep to even have any kind of future going forward as well, too. So... We'll see what happens with this deal. I mean, the Raptors Twitter, which is the media social media dude, he doesn't really have an insight. So I wouldn't really look to him to be like, oh, like he heard something and he knows that some shit's going down. But last night before we went to bed, they were they did tweet out, hope Raptor fans sleep well tonight. And that's a very and have a good night. And that's a very odd thing for them to tweet because they normally don't do stuff like that. They don't wish their fans good night unless something's going down. So it made a lot of people speculate that a trade was going to happen today. Um, But as we know, nothing really transpired from that. And that was pretty much it. So we'll see what happens with the whole Kevin Durant fiasco. It seems like, honestly, I honestly feel like he's going to start the season as as a Brooklyn now. I really don't see any trade going down. Like Brooklyn doesn't have any leverage in the situation. It's all the other teams that have leverage. So like, we're, our teams are good. Like we have good teams. Like the teams that are trained for Durant are usually good teams, and they're probably just thinking, "Well, if you're not going to take the package that I'm offering you, all right, you can go somewhere else and try and move Durant." Like just like a disgruntled Durant is not going to be a good look for the Brooklyn Nets. So they're not going to have the leverage in this situation. They better take whatever offer is the best offer for them because they're not going to get much of a better offer than what a lot of teams are willing to give. The teams that are looking to get Durant are already good teams. And to give up their future on top of some of their current core is not going to be the look. And like I said before, I think with the Rudy Gobert thing, that definitely has shaped the landscape and made it a little bit lopsided or harder for, you know, Bobby Marks to be like, well, if I'm not going to get the same kind of haul as a Rudy Gobert haul, then I don't want to really pull the trigger. But at the same time, too, he's caught in a hard place because Durant doesn't even want to play for the team. So they've definitely got to take the best offer that's available to them. And I think this one, as long as it's not the four picks and we drop it down to two picks plus those players, I'd be happy to do that and not have any issue with it. But let's move on to the last topic. The last topic of the day, Serena Williams is retiring. And reading from CBC.ca, When Serena Williams made the first professional tennis appearance of her career in Quebec City on a chilly late October day in 1995 at just 14 years old, there was no pomp and circumstance, no introductions, and certainly no fans watching. No one really had any idea who she was or what she was about to become. The kid from Compton, California, who traveled north to La Belle Province to begin her foray into the tennis world, was competing in a Tier 3 tournament qualifying match against 149th ranked American Annie Miller. It was unremarkable it was unmemorable lackluster and the match was over in less than an hour miller thumped williams 6-1 6-1 
That trip to Canada in those formative years has stuck with one of the greatest tennis players of all time. It fueled her drive to be the best. And when she returned to the pro circuit two years after that opening match defeat, Williams was ready to take on the world and change the game forever. It only seems fitting then that after starting this tennis journey in Canada, she would announce her career is coming to an end in Canada. Williams says she's evolving away from tennis, which is her way of saying retirement. In a lengthy point of view article in Vogue magazine, Williams says she's leaving the game in September. So Serena Williams is an absolute monster. She is goaded, a legend, one of the greatest tennis players, one of the greatest athletes of all time, um, especially in our generation. And her resume speaks for itself. So in September, the U.S. Open is what is what occurs. Like that's the major match going on there. It would be great if she happens to win that. But even if she doesn't, like I said, she's already been solidified. Her legacy is already great. There's nothing left for her to prove. So a win would be great. Like it'd be a great cherry on top. But even if she happens to lose or not even compete that well, it would still be a great ending for her amazing career. Uh, she's evolving. Like she, she's evolving away from tennis. So she's going to move into something else. And I was actually listening to a podcast discuss this matter. And it's real hard for athletes and artists to kind of transition into new things after their careers are over because they start so young that all they've known for their entire life is to work on that one craft. And it's something that they're super passionate and that they love to the depths of their heart. So when it comes to an end, it's real tough to kind of try and find something else to fall that much in love with and to move on to. But I feel that she'll be able to do it well. I feel like her heart hasn't really been in tennis that uh, that much these days just because she's struggled with a lot of injuries in the past couple of years. And that's definitely tra- changed her career trajectory as it's continued to go on. So it'll be interesting to see what she transitions transitions into you know, she is a recent mother, like she has a young daughter. So I'm sure she'll probably love to spend a lot more time with her daughter during this time as well, too, and figure it out. But I'm sure whatever she happens to do, just the great caliber of person that she is, like she's always stood up for what she believed in, even though the media had like tried to paint her as a villain numerous times. She happened to switch the script and be like, no, I'm going to represent myself and I'm going to say what I need to say and do what I need to do. So she's a strong hearted woman. She knows what she wants. to. She knows what she wants and how to get it. And I'm sure that she'll translate that into whatever endeavor that she happens to go. But I do just want to appreciate her on her retirement and hopefully she does end up going out on a, on a win, but that'll do it for episode 140 of the pops culture podcast. Just a reminder. Once again, next week I will not be here as I'm traveling the following week. I also will not be here just because I have an event, so I will not be able to record, but following those two weeks, Gabe and I will be back in the cast to deliver you your regularly regularly scheduled programming. So as always, you guys could do us a huge uh, favor. Thank you so much for listening. Continue to like, rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast. Really helps us grow. Uh, You can find us on all major streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Reasons FM, and now iHeartRadio. So wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. And I will see you guys in two weeks. Peace out.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.